I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Welcome to our old school podcast. I'm Rick Lasky, along with my buddy John Salka, and uh, uh, everything's been moved along just peachy and fine with uh, plans for for this year. Classes are booking, John. Um, we got a ton of stuff going up this year, and a lot more to come. I just posted our company officer academies for uh, 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 well, the ones through CSU actually, which was like seven of them already. We've got more waiting to to book. What's going crazy with that? How huh? we're going crazy oh. with that? And we got some some of the battalion chief schools are just looking for venues, and then we've got uh, a couple. Uh, we've got November Spartanburg uh, with our our friend Chief Marion Blackwell. We've been out there for him before. We'll be doing a three day company officer academy out there. They're they're bringing us out all three days. But um, if you're interested, folks, you know, zip over to our pages. Uh, we 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 post them. I know I am posted on mine the uh, the company officer academies and the battalion chief schools. And um, come on out, man. It's a it's it's a great program. We have a great time with it, and uh, uh, and John, it goes back to what you and I were talking about before. We love to share. We love to 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 you know provide some information to help people do their jobs better and not step on any landmines. But we don't teach we don't teach down to people or talk like you know like some instructors just up there to hear themselves talk. And uh, we have fun. It's I think we get more out of sharing and trying to make a difference than we do out of anything else. You know. Yep. Yep. And we and we learn ourselves that a lot of our classes we come home with a couple of new, couple of new nuts and bolts in the in the jaw, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, how many times have somebody in class, one of the attendees, one of the students said, you know, during breaks, I am all the time come and go, hey, did you see this? You see that? And I'm like, oh man, you know. And oh, oh, here, real quick, I just posted a picture. There's a uh, Facebook page called Forgotten Chicago, um, and people post pictures of old, you know, city blocks and houses and CTA buses and all that stuff. And lat May of 2019, somebody posted a picture with gigantic pieces of wooden water mains that were dug up out of the ground in Chicago. And I'm like, really? Oh my holy, I would have, I would have, I would have driven up there and loaded them up and taken them home. I'm sure they're in a landfill somewhere, but, oh, I saw that picture and I went, God, if I'd have seen this sooner, I would have, I would have grabbed that. And, uh, nice. You know, Hey, to our so listeners. What do, we got, what do we got on tap for today? Well, you know, you and I always have fun. We always go back and forth. And deep inside, I know you like truck work. I know you do. You, you, I you do be... not. Truck... <laughs> <laughs> useless, wasted energy. Oh, you stop it. We always have fun back and forth, you know, with, with engine versus truck and all that stuff. And, and But we've also said, John, umpteen times that you don't necessarily have to have an aerial ladder to, you know, to do truck, truck work, truck tasks, force entry, getting into the building, search and rescue, ventilation, salvaging, or all that stuff that are quote unquote truck tasks. 
still have to be accomplished whether you have a ladder truck or not. And it can all be done by crews that arrive on an engine. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so let's single one out here. Let's talk. Um, uh, well, let's start at the top. <laughs> no pun intended. Let's start with roof ops. Let's talk roof ops for a while. Um, where do you want to start with that one? Well, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big topic. And I remember teaching a lot of company operations for um, up at the New York state fire Academy for OFPC for years when I was a, uh, I think it was when I was a captain of 48 engine, believe it or not, I was teaching some truck stuff. Um, and one of the, one of the obviously portable ladders is a, is a, is an important, uh, element of, of truck work. Uh, even if you're riding in an engine, listen, uh, companies that have engines and don't even own a truck, they generally have a, a, a bigger complement of ladders. They generally have a couple extra ladders or, or nicer or longer or whatever, uh, on their engines. So even if you just have an engine and you don't have a ladder truck, you better know what couple of ladders you got on that engine, how to get them off quick and, and how to use them and raise them and carry them. And well, and what lengths, yeah. What lengths you need for, I mean, how many times have you seen someone trying to throw an extension ladder and they don't have enough length and they're like, well, I'm sure, you know, it looked fine standing straight up, but when I went to set it back, I'm short and I, I can't make the roof with this. So, I mean, knowing, knowing your lengths and again, again I'll, I'll just say it, John ahead of time, it goes back to training again. It goes back to getting the damn ladders off the rigs. The same thing we talk about hose that you shouldn't be taking hose off for hose testing. If you haven't went to a fire, you should be taking ladders off for ladder testing. And that's it. We you should be taking them off and throwing them, you know, knowing how to set them, knowing their lengths, knowing the working lengths. You know, if, if it's a 28 footer, how much actual working length do I have? And, you know, you know after I set it at my angle and so on and so forth. And, and before we, that's, we're not even up on the roof yet. Right, everybody should have a good understanding of what ladder to grab to go to a second floor window in a house. It's all about the same. Yeah, some houses are taller, some houses are shorter. Sometimes the terrain is a little bit different. The houses, you know, offset a little bit from one side to the other. But the point is, as a firefighter, that's one of your skills of your trade that you should have. You should be able to eyeball a house, look at it, and say, get a get a get a get a get a twenty four foot extension. Just get it, or get me a twenty foot straight. That'll reach there just fine. Whatever it is. Um, and then now talking about the roof, obviously. We got peak roofs, we got flat roofs. Every, every, there's different ways to, to ladder different types of buildings and get on and off the ladder. But there's some basic things you want to talk about. Obviously, when you're getting off a ladder, let, let's talk about a flat roof, whether right. it's a storefront or a flat roof house. You want to always extend your ladder. Your ladder should be a couple of rungs above where it's touching the building. Number one, it makes it easier to climb off the ladder because you can climb up and have your feet practically on the parapet, practically at the roof level, and your hands are still holding in front of you, of course, your ladder right. is three or four lengths above, uh, rungs above, and now you can step off and still be holding the ladder. And just as important, when it's time to beat feet off, I don't, you know, especially now that I have more smoke conditions because fire's worsening, or I open the roof, I don't want to be doing this reaching around for where's the ladder at. I want to be able to either see it or know or grab it and feel it. You're able to scan around with your flashlight or your eyes. Up oh, there's the ladder sticking four rungs above the, the parapet. Zoom over there, and what do you do? You, you grab your rungs right there, eye level, right in front of your shoulder level, swing your leg around, and now you're climbing down a ladder without having to reach down and crawl out and squeeze, you know, like that. Well, and, and, and before we get off uh, off the ladder here, we used to teach this. I used to teach this, again, being a truck, being a roofer, a long time being a roofer like my dad. Forget even fires. You know, you get some young kid that's up there helping you. He gets to the top of the roof, and he jumps off onto the roof not knowing it's rotted out or whatever, same thing with us, you know, we should be that impact load of that firefighter. You know, there's a, there's a method to kind of, especially if the parapet's a little bit higher to grab a hot ladder, kind of swing it off and almost set yourself down instead of jumping 
right? Instead of jumping onto the roof and that, that impact, ba-boom, you know, there's enough weight on there already. I'll tell you, when I was in Rescue 3, 11 truck, I, I used to, uh, if I was getting off onto a flat roof, obviously most of the time you can see a little something. If you couldn't see anything at all, obviously that's a dangerous situation. I used to take my Halligan or my axe and just drop it. Bink, you'd hear it hit the roof. You'd hear how long it fell before it hit the roof. You'd have a good idea of the distance and the fact that you had a solid roof there. And then you could climb off a little bit more cautiously, at least with a little bit of information. Well, again, yeah, exactly. Well, it just, you know, I guess the message here would be whatever method you use, you know, whether, you, whether you use a tool or whatever, just don't be, and I see it all the time. And, and, and I guess in, during training is the best time to explain to people, you know, we don't want you, a firefighter in gear with an SUV, everything, jumping off, boom. You know, take your time, swing off, practice. Again, training, practice how you would, you would, you would ascend, you know, you know, or descend, the, um, you know, off the tip of that ladder getting on there. So, right. all right, keep right. going. Now, that's the flat roof. So, now you want to get off on a peak roof. Obviously, if you're climbing up onto a peak roof from the ground, the first thing that you're going to encounter is, is the gutter or the bottom edge of the roof, right? And that's not where you're going. That's just your, that's just your entry point onto the roof. Getting off the portable ladder, that's the first piece of roof that you're going to encounter. Obviously, if you're going up on a peaked roof, unless it's a real flat, you know, sometimes if you got a, 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 a low incline on a, on a peaked roof, you can put your portable ladder up, extend it a couple of rungs past where it's touching the roof, and you can climb up, step off, and you can negotiate that roof right. without a roof ladder. Without a roof ladder. You know what you're comfortable with. You always got to be careful if there's a little bit of moss or a little bit of frost or a little bit of snow, another situation. But on a dry roof, you're good. If you're going up a steep roof, now you're talking roof ladder. Now, now you're talking you have to have two ladders before you even start climbing. You've got to right. have the ladder that's going up to the edge of the roof, and then you've got to have that roof ladder, which you're going to, you know, raise. You're going to open, open your roof hooks on the ground before you even raise it up, and then you're going to slide that ladder up to the peak, and hopefully you'll pick a long enough one that you can reach the peak. If you can't reach the peak, now you've done all that for nothing. You're probably going to have to bring that ladder back down and, and go get another. Well, and some people have, have taught, you know, well, first of all, uh, you know, again, being a roofer, and I used to tell guys, look, if you're going up there, especially nowadays, if you're not sure whether it's lightweight or not, you know what, bring, bring, the, bring the ladder up there. Because if you, if you lose part of your structural integrity, at least you have something that can keep you out of the attic for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? If, if you lose things beneath you. And the, and the goal, I see a lot of people in videos where they, 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 they bring that ladder up, they pull it off the roof ladder, and they slide it on the beams with the hooks up, and then they try to flip it. And I'm like, why, why would you go through that when you could just, you know, extend the hooks, and then you, you push it, you, actually the ladder, you push it up with those hooks on the hook, you the know. hooks touching the roof. Yeah, and then when it gets over the ridge, boop, it drops you down, it. you pull it, and you got it. Instead you feel of, it. Instead of trying to flip this thing, and maybe it slides sideways, it slides off the roof, I've seen that before. And so not only you, that, it's going to take less effort to push it up because you only get two contact points. The very tips right. of the hooks are sliding up. The beams of the ladder are not even touching the roof. It's going to, it's going to slide up there like it's on ice. Oh, it's exactly. Really an easy slide. Yep. A lot easier yep. to slide up, and then you know when you're over the ridge. Exactly. And if you pick the right ladder, if you pick the correct roof ladder, meaning the, it's only a length. Length is the only question, right? If you pick the one that's long enough, then you should be able to just climb up, step right off that ladder that you climbed up from the ground, and step practically right onto the roof ladder and walk it up. And that's not, that's not climbing a ladder anymore. Now your feet, are, your feet, your toes, or your boots are going to be hitting the roof surface at the same time that you're touching the rungs because it's laying flat on the roof. Those rungs are practically touching the roof surface. Well, and I think one of the key things, John, and again, I, I'll just go back to be, you know, my roofing experience when I used to teach young guys how to roof. You know, I used to tell them, look, 
you know, one of the things you want to be concerned with up here is, is knowing where your center of gravity is. And knowing, you know, because it's easy, especially when you're tired, you know, you, sit, you, you stand up the wrong way or whatever, you know, you don't want to do a backflip or whatever. Just know, know, know where, you know, we all know where gravity is and where things go, but, but know where your center, center of gravity is when you're working. So as you're going up on that ladder, you're kind of hunched a little bit, you know, forward. Let's, let me put my weight this way. So I'm going up, you know, I'm not standing up, you know, you see some of these guys stand up on these peak roofs, like they're, they're posing for pictures and time to slide your hands on the beam. So you don't have to keep letting go and grasping, letting go and grasping, slide your hands right up on the beams of that roof ladder. You never have to let go. They'll both be touching a ladder all the way up. Well, we've talked about, so you, you maybe rope the saw or use your gut belt or whatever. So you're carrying it over your shoulder. You know, if you're carrying tools up, you can slide those, right? As you're going up the beam, you're, you can slide those up or, for the hooks, you can actually stick it up there and hook it up on a rung. You climb yeah, up, all the way up to going, go all the way up, get up there. So tools of choice, you know, and this is, this is where those little short, God, I hate them, closet pipe holes need to be thrown out. But bring a long enough hook. I've seen guys bring, you know, if you have to reach down inside, we haven't got to cut the hole yet, John. If you have to reach down inside with your arm, your hooks, you need to bring the long enough hook. I'd rather bring a long-ass hook and have enough where I could do one of those things, stand up above it, and I can I can also reach further, you know, here. And that's peak off-flat, peak roof, off-flat roof. If you're going up to a roof to possibly have to cut the roof or do roof ventilation, you have to have minimum, minimum a six-foot hook, you know. I, I'm not, you have, to, you have to be familiar with the building. If you go up to a peak roof, you might need even something a little bit longer, but well, you shouldn't be going up with a set of irons, for sure. Well, exactly. So, so here's my thing. You can get away, maybe a six foot, depending on how deep the cock loft or if you're at the front towards the rear with how it runs with the pitch for, for pushing water towards, you know, the, the, the gutters and stuff like that or the downspouts. But exactly, when you're talking a peak roof, knowing how much you have, and, and, and John, what do a lot, we used to say this, and I know it sounds kind of basic to a lot of people, but not to a lot of our young firefighters that listen, what do a lot of people, let's talk peak roof, peak roof attic, what do a lot of people put in their attics? They store stuff. They, they drop plywood down or whatever, and they put oh, stuff in the middle. They throw so all the Christmas stuff, the Christmas trees, and <laughs> so, and so you cut a hole, and you reach in, again, with your even your six-foot hook, and now you're hitting boxes and, and stuff. Instead of if I've got something longer, I might be able to reach on the side and push down and bend and do things you know, give me a longer hook so I can reach around some things instead of, you know, I, I guess you just kind of limit it. So I guess the, the tools, the tools that you can bring with, be smart about what you're bringing up there with you. Right, right. Now, obviously, this is a two-man operation. You know, whether you're going to a flat roof, whether you're going to a peak roof, this is a two-person operation. We want to get two firefighters up there. You know, the FDNY and some big departments send one firefighter to the roof, but they're shortly followed in a short amount of time by the second new company that's got a roof firefighter that will join them up there. If you're in a smaller department, obviously putting a ladder up, putting two ladders up, climbing up on a peak roof is something you want to you want to definitely do with a team, with a team of firefighters. So one can help the other. One can carry one tool. One can carry the saw. And we can share the load and also assist each other when we get up there to get whatever job it is we're up there to do. Well, and my thing is, you know, let's go back to the beginning here. Um, we talked about flat roofs. We talked about peak roofs. Knowing, knowing what size ladder you need. I just always thought, it, you know, if you have enough people and you can pull it off, it's always a good idea to bring a roof ladder up there with you no matter what. You know, you, you have a partial, even on a flat, you, you, you have something bubbling, something where, okay, I'm on the other side, you're here. You went over to check out a skylight, and now it's like, you know, we're losing the integrity of the roof between us. You, you know what I'm saying? I just think, you know, the one time you're going to need it, 
and it's and it's it's down on the ground because you you know because you took it off to get to your your extension ladder is the time you probably should have had it up there with you you know another important point about roofs whether you're on a peaked roof whether you're on a flat roof whether you've been in there a thousand times and when i was in rescue tree i worked with some senior firefighters that walked around on a roof like like they've been on a million roofs you know what i'm saying they were very very familiar right. and that's wonderful that's wonderful having said that Every time you are on a roof of a building, particularly if it's a building that's on fire, you should be walking around like you are on glass. You should be walking around like your next step is your foot's going to go through the roof. I see guys get up on the roof, they start walking around, pointing stuff out, like, like, like they're out on a tour somewhere, look, looking at stuff on the street. This, the roof that you're on is questionable from the moment you get there to the moment you leave. You should get up there, figure out what you want to do, get to where you want to go and do it, and get off the roof. No lingering up there, no looking down and seeing who else is arriving, no waving to the people in the front of the building. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit here, but literally every step should be measured. You should know where you're going, and you should not be not be comfortable up there. You should be uncomfortable, and you should want to get off there. And, and as soon and, as you're done cutting the roof, if that's what you're up there to do, or popping a bulkhead door, then you should make your way off that roof. And back that's to it. what you just said, you know, the videos that you see posted – not many people have a problem with fire venting out the roof hole you cut, you know, because it's supposed to. The vent hole that you cut, it's supposed to do that. Smoke, fire, that's what we want. We want it up and out. The problem everybody has, and, and I'm, I'm, all, I'm all over it, once the hole's cut, what are you doing standing around? And I'm not talking, let me go get the saw. Well, you know, you've seen it. We've saw the videos. It's like, and it's not just like a five-second, all right, look around. Do we have everything, guys? All right, let's get everything. Let's get off of this thing. I mean, there's times, John, some of these guys are up there for several minutes, fire blowing out one or two holes they cut, and I'm just like, right. And, and, or, and look, look, or, I'll call the incident commander. Call, you know, roof team to, to IC. Go ahead. Look, we got a vent hole open up here. We get some good fire coming out the vent. Uh, you want us to expand a hole or try try put another hole up here? At, at least make some effort towards finding out do you need to still be up there and do some more work. Uh, negative. Come on down, guys. You got that vent hole good? We're moving in now. Come on down. At least contact the incident commander or your officer and say, you know, tactic is complete. The job is complete up here on the roof. What else you want us to do? All right, come on down or stay up there and monitor it or make the hole bigger. But but don't just, like you said, don't cut the hole and then stand around, you know, like what are we doing next? Admiring our work. And, and, and back to things, you know, I used to say this, you know, quite often, you know, and I, in Louisville especially, I had some great guys, great firefighters, great men and women, great, great truck guys, okay? And some would get a little overzealous with the saw and want to cut like multiple holes in a single family dwelling, a private dwelling. And I'm like, cut the one hole, make sure it's decent. It's not this little pie hole. Cut your hole and get off. It's a single family dwelling. You've done everything you need to do. We don't need multiple holes up there. The longer you stay up there, and if you got fire pushing out this one, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Leave it alone. Get off the roof. Because I'm, I'm serious. It's like, you know, so we're going to cut another hole for what we've got it's you know what i'm saying and i'm talking a single family dwelling not i say a commercial roof where maybe you can expand your hole i'm talking you cut your hole time to get off let's go you know what i'm saying and and, and I, I you know i like your idea of communicating with command but the whole point is standing up there and, and again I, I think the argument is valid when a lot of people post comments all right you know you see it the good ones say holes cut time to get off you know, the other guys, what the hell are they doing up there? Well, and, and I've said this before. You watch a Chicago fire department on a roof because people will always comment about them. Chicago is one of the pro most progressive fire departments I know. I know FDNY is, but I'm being very selfish here, very partial. 
incredible firefighters, incredible leadership. Look, 5,500, whatever, they're, they, I'm sure they've got their knuckleheads just like everybody else, but they know what they're doing. And on some of those flat roofs, John, where people are screaming, get off, what are you cutting on hold for? The commercial building, they know those roofs. They know those roofs better than you know your own floor in your house. And they know how long they can be up there. They can know. But this goes back to knowing your enemy, knowing your building, and knowing which roof you're on, John, right? Knowing what you're climbing up on top of and knowing just how much time you have. You know, is, is it dimensional lumber? Is it, is, it, is it a lightweight, maybe steel bar joist or, or plywood, whatever crap you've got nowadays for some of those flat roasts? Or is it, is it gusset plated, you know, lightweight construction? Or is it dimensional or balloon frame or whatever? Good, solid lumber. Know what you've got, right? And, and we, you know, we sort of, we sort of slipped past that. You know, we got talking about getting up there right away with the ladder and stuff. But that's something you need to determine before you get there. That's something you need to determine before you go start picking ladders. You need, you know, the roof team, the, the truck officer, the chief needs to say, all units be advised, we have a lightweight, truf- lightweight trust roof on this house, will not be conducting roof operations here. Say it right off the bat, let people know what's going to happen or not going to happen, and that's the end of that. Because if you do have a lightweight uh, trust roof, and I'm not saying a lightweight trust roof and there's a fire on the first floor, I'm saying a lightweight trust roof and, and the fire is up there involving the roof components or the second floor, that's where you're going to have to restrict people from operating on that roof. And you got to get that message out right away. Now that might be something the chief knows or discovers. That might be something that a firefighter uncovers when he gets up to the second floor and he pulls the ceiling and he says, you know, ladder eight inside team to command. We, it looks like lightweight wood trust in this house, chief. We get fire involvement in the trusses on the second floor. That That's a game changing notification. And we're going to have to, the people that are assigned to the roof, you may be already working on the roof. You may be already heading up to the roof. And that's where you're just going to have to go into reverse and, and come on down. Nobody should have to tell you that. When you hear it on the radio, lightweight wood trust roof involved in fire, that tells everybody we're not doing roof operations anymore. You might not even be stretching to the top floor anymore if you have that trust involved. It may, may collapse down into the top floor, you know? Well, exactly. So, so, so we're, we're, we're talking about understanding where we should get and how we should get and where we should be up there. Um, now, I think this is, this is really critical, John. And I've always wanted this. I've always wanted the first one up on the roof, just like uh, Hal Moore, right? Uh, uh, we were soldiers, you know, the helicopter. The officer will be the first one, you know, off of it and the last one to leave, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's critical if you don't have, unless you've got a senior like me, I was a roofer, just let me get up there and get out of the way. But, you know, you're not going to send your brand new firefighter up first because they're carrying the tools you know, someone that may not be as experienced as I want, I want someone with exploits, the officer or someone that can get to the tip of that ladder and make it right. We've always said the chief, the incident commander can order you to the roof. They can't order you on it. Well, if you don't know whether you should get on it or not, it's a moot point, right? So as the officer, the senior firefighter or the one with the experienced firefighter, getting up to make a determination, Hey, we're good. Roof's good. Sound it. Boom, boom, boom. We're good. You get off bringing that longer hook. Now, I used to, John, when it came to tool selection, even before going up there, if I knew which roof it was, I chose whether I was going to bring a pickhead axe or whether I was going to bring a maul, right? Half sledge, half wedge. And, and for some of the, the thinner plywood roofs, I could get up there with a maul. I could punch a hole through that thin plywood and, and you know, asphalt shingles so fast. I could punch, I mean, boom, 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 done. It's open because what I found with my axe was the blade was getting was going through and getting bare, and I kept... I'd go through and have to, you know, because you swing hard and I, I'm, I'm wiggling, trying to get my freaking axe blade out each time. Instead of with that, the sled, you know, I could start with the pick 
or I'm sorry, the blade side of the mall, but if not, the sledge side and bam, 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 and bust it through, punch a good size hole and be off their lickety split. But this is also where knowing your tools, and I like the heavy, I like the six pound axe, you know, you see it with Chicago, whatever, you know, and if you know how to use the tool, we're talking roof work, you don't bring, you know, a, a, a trim hammer to, to frame a, a house out. You bring a checker face framing, you know, hammer. Same thing, you, you know, those, there's, there's guys doing construction that wear themselves out with hammers because they don't know how to use the weight of the hammer, you know, to, same thing with an ax. If you're up there chopping, this is where John chopping on, on telephone poles at the back of the firehouse or old like tree trunks, you know, or tree, you know, whatever, where you can actually, uh, you can teach that how to swing properly and how to let, you know, as you're coming down, let the blade of the ax come down too. Let, you know, don't, I guess what it is, be smarter than the tool. Let the tool work for you. Let the weight of the tool and, and, and let it push through and let it push through and know what you're doing. Now, knowing that you're going to bring that mall up also takes something away from you that I used to like to have with the pickaxe was if it was a little slippery or if I was looking about the time I was ready to maybe stick my hook down, you know, the blunt, the blunt, let's talk about that and push down. I would, if I was reaching out, I would take my pickhead axe and I would drive the pick in the roof nice and tight and I can use that you can't do it loose it'll pop I'd use that as kind of just a little stepping point for one of my feet as I'm reaching down in pushing you know one foot on my roof ladder I'm not gonna lose that the other one boom 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 and pushing down again making sure you've got long enough you know hook pike pole whatever you call it that you can have it up about where your you know your face is and your your hands are coming close to the holes you're pushing down but you shouldn't have to reach down in the hole because you didn't bring a long enough hook. Absolutely. Know? Those early decisions, same with the ladders, same with the hook, same with the saw. We really haven't talked about the saw, but you have to decide whether you want to take a circular saw, you know, the, the partner saw, the K-12, or whether you want, want to bring a chainsaw, a roof-cutting chainsaw. Right, right. Because at this point, it's not new technology. Well, and, I remember, you know, years ago when they were first introduced, it, it was dramatic difference, and they are dramatically different tools. They, they do cut and work and operate differently from each other, although they're both. They're both power saws that are working from the top of the roof, and but, you got to know what you're doing. But you know what's nice, and, and I, uh, that's where I'm glad you brought it because I was leading it. I was talking hand tools first and then going, okay, let's talk power saws. I love the K-12 saws, and I love – I'll just pick the cutter's edge, whatever you use. The one thing I like, John, about the, the roof-cutting chainsaws is having the depth gauge that you can set where you can't really set that, you know – uh, now, a couple of reasons. One is with a partner saw, with a, with a K-12, you can actually, if you know what you're doing with it, you can actually feel as you're cutting it, you know, you, as you're going through plywood or, or you know. Right. You can like, roll the beams. You can you roll can, the beams. You, yeah. yeah, but you can't chainsaws, man, what, 7,000 revolutions a minute or whatever it is. You better, you, you know, you, you better know what the hell you're doing. And that's why I like that death gauge. So you can take that tip and push in it, and no matter what, even if you're in a little bit further, you're not going to go all the way through a two-by-four. It's not going to go deeper than you allow it to go. Right. That's right. The nice thing about the chainsaw, sometimes with the roof saw, you have a little bit more reach if you're reaching for yep. that, that first cut at the top. You know, you got a little bit more reach than you have, and not as much kick that you might have with a partner saw to be able to Generally smaller and lighter, generally smaller and lighter than the big circular saws, which is always a little bit easier to and who, who can complain about something being a little bit lighter or a little bit easier to handle or, or, or run? Or exactly. Exactly. What's the negative? The only negative, and I never really experienced it very much, but the negative of the chainsaw is, especially if you're using up on a roof, is, man, it's hell to clean. You know, that, that chainsaw is generally out of service for an hour after a fire by the time people get to it. 
get the chain off and start cleaning the bar and all the tar off it. The circular saw was always fun. You come back, you put a big old ratchet on there, you pop the blade off, you throw a new blade on, you scrape some tar off, and you're back in business. Well, the, the, uh, the chainsaw is a little bit more difficult, a little bit more difficult to, to recoup and renovate and get back in, back in service. Exactly. That's a great point. And one more point going along with cleaning before that, it goes back, you and I talk trading all the time, it's where it all starts. Cutting with your saws ahead of time, putting a load on them. So many people, John, stand out on the apron when they're checking the saws, hopefully every morning. I know some of the volley joints can't, but the crew departments, and they stand out there, John, and just go, and and they don't they 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 don't understand why it doesn't idle when they set it down and it conks out. It's yeah. so important. You, the good tree guys will tell you, you got to put a load. You got to put a load on the saw. You have to exercise it once in a while. You know, put a load on it. You know, where you're where you're it's, you're slowing it down with the cut and then it's speeding back up when you pull you it. I have a railroad tie. Every firehouse needs a railroad tie. Whether you use it for a chalk behind the wheels or just slide it off to the side. Use it every morning, every afternoon, whatever, for draining, for drilling, for just putting a putting load on that blade or however you want to do it. It's a great piece of a great, great tactical piece of equipment. Well, and exactly. And, and making sure your fuel's right and that you don't leave old fuel in there. Uh, you know, um, exactly. We, you know, we're, we're, we're where we should be and everything else and uh, uh, what we're doing with, with the fuel that we're taking care of and everything else. So, all right. So we've talked, we've talked, we've talked a little bit about peak roast, a little about, about, uh, uh, flat roofs and, and choosing ladders and ladder tips, getting up, climbing up, doing things. We talked about tool selections and why, you know, whether it's a maul or an axe or, you know, sh short versus long hook, uh, partner saw or K12 or circular saw versus chainsaw, so on and so forth. Any other thoughts on roof ops, John? I know there's a ton more, but any other thoughts? Well, on as always, ops? it's a team operation. You want to get a couple of people up there. Somebody falls through the roof, has a difficult time up on the roof. You'd be there long. You'd be there for a long time by yourself uh, if, if somebody in there with you to give you an immediate hand. Well, and I've besides got to... the fact. Besides the fact, nobody, nobody should be cutting with any kind of a saw by themselves. If you're running the machine up on the roof, there has to be another firefighter behind you. You have to have a guide person. It's almost like a nozzle on a backup team. It's a it's a saw cutting team. There's a saw operator and there's the and there's the the guide firefighter who's got their hand on your back and telling you back up, back up, one more step, hold on, and you really shouldn't be cutting with a saw by yourself. And that's one of the things I had in my notes. I had two things. Exactly. I wanted to talk about that real quick. And the officer, you know, real while we're talking about having someone with their hand on your back, making sure you don't back and trip over a, a soil, you know, we've seen that trip over a soil stack, trip over. Look, I, I there was a firefighter. I remember it's in Evergreen Park. I don't want to give his name. He's a great guy, but he was on top of an old school, John. And they had a roof fire, and they had fire down into the cockloft, and there was rolls of roofing laying on its side up there at nighttime. And he was cutting, and as he was cutting, as he's backing up with his cut, he he tripped over one of the roll the rolls of roll roofing, and the the partner saw cut his inside of his thigh, from his groin to his ankle, laid him wide open like wow. like that. And so key, like you said whether it's somebody watching for trip hazards or whatever. Here's the other thing, John, before we're done with this, that this, that's why the officer should be buried up with his head next to the hole or watching. If you've got a guy up there cutting, unless you're the, look, if it's only two of you, you're the captain, then you got to be the guy, the backup guy for your firefighter. But if you've got two firefighters cutting and you're up there as a lieutenant or captain, you need to be a ways away. So first of all, I can hear, you know, Chief Salk on the fire round, call me on the radio. I can actually hear it. And I'm also observing roof conditions, smoke conditions, fire conditions from my crew. And, and again, 
how many pictures I have of three guys on the roof, one with the red helmet being the camp lieutenant, right up there with the saw guy and the firefighter, where, you know what, let them do their job, back away so you can hear, so you can see, and maybe plan your escape route. We've, we, 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 the last thing I want to just touch on for just a second here is, you know, as soon as you get, by, get up on a roof, you should be thinking about your escape roof and the route. And that's whether it's a second means of egress. If you're in a peak roof, if, if you start to fall, you lo- you're off that, know how to fall. You know, you don't, you, you know, well, I mean, if you're going to fall on your, people you stay flattened out on your belly, if you can slow yourself down, that's great. But if, if you can't, you're going to end up sliding off and you're, when you fall, you will fall on your back instead of flattening out on your back and, and kind of digging your heels and maybe slowing yourself down and, and looking for a tree or looking for a gutter length or something that you can stop yourself with. But I guess the key there is, John, having it, you know, planning your escape. Once you get it, take a look around and go, if I could make it. where you come up. You may come up off the aerial ladder. And again, if they're not putting them up, you got to make sure there's always two ladders up to a roof. Aerial ladder on one side, portables on the other, or portables at both ends. And identify both of them. Hey, guys, there's our other ladder over there. And then you go to work. Now everybody knows real quick where the ladder is because escaping, running away, may be a sudden, a sudden event. It may happen quickly. Exactly, exactly. Hey, well, hey. There's another one, another one in the can, buddy. Another one. We talked roof ops with you folks. Um, and we appreciate it. We've gotten some great ideas for some folks. We'll get to them. we got a ton of these podcasts coming at you, a ton of them. Uh, and uh, new stuff popping up in between some of the things we already want to talk about. So there you have it. We talked just uh, for a short little while about roof ops. Uh, John, any party thoughts before we end this one? Nothing except that all these, all these tactics, whether we're talking about the, the – the nozzle team or whether we're talking about roof operations or forceful entry all comes back down to training and experience. And you can't buy experience. You get experience as you get it, but training's in your hands. You can do as much training as you need to, to, to know what you have to do. And we, we've said that umpteen times on all these shows. It's everything is about training. You know, the more, the more you sweat and train, the, 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 the you know, the least you, you, the less you bleed in the battle, man. You, know, you can't go out there and just fumble around hoping things happen for the right reason. Absolutely. You know, train, 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 train. So, hey, that's it, buddy. Um, so it's Chief Salka, Chief John Salka, Chief John Salka at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm Chief Lasky at gmail.com. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, remember, spread the word to your friends about old school. It's just John and I sitting back talking shop, talking tactics, talking leadership, talking stuff. So, hey, please keep the men and women of our armed forces in your thoughts and prayers, please. And with everything else, be safe and God bless you. Appreciate you tuning in.